Rock, 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 Rock and Roll Podcast. Check out this record. My name is Mark, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Frank. Hey, Mark. Hello, hello, listeners. Listeners who play along at home know you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and wherever you find high-quality podcasts. That's right, Mark. New episodes drip to the drop to your ears every Friday, and of course, for your listening pleasure. For our new new listeners out there, I don't even know what that word coming out of my mouth was supposed to be. This is a podcast where Frank and I recommend albums to each other to check out and give each other a thorough and honest review of what we thought of the record. We also have a wide variety of musical discussions like our Spotlight series where we'll dig into a band's entire catalog and see what comes out the other side. Or in our Versus series where we pit two albums against each other and they duke it out. You ready for this, Mark? Mm-hmm. For total... Stereo. Domination. So Frank's been drinking whiskey, and I like when he does because he gets better and better at that domination. <laughs> it was very good, though, but I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram, and we even have a Facebook group. What? Yeah, where we like to drop additional content that will hopefully leave you wanting more of Frank's musical goodness. And, of course, my random nonsense. If you've got a record you want us to check out, and you know you do, drop us a comment wherever you find us. Frank will reply to it with something nice. I'll reply with something nasty. While you're at it, like, subscribe, and give us a review and a rating. You know, all the hearts and farts you can muster. So I say this, Frank. How are you, my man? I'm good, bro. We are continuing our chatting about Southern California punk bands of the 90s. Last week, we had our face-to-face spotlight episode, and now we're going to talk about one of our personal favorites. I'm not going to lie about that. Lagwagon. So, Mark, let's start with the start. How did you come across Lagwagon? It was definitely on a comp CD of some sorts. Maybe one of the Fat Music for Fat People series. Um, I want to say it was a song know-it-all and having a... uh, and it having a profound impact on me because I wanted to be a, a rock radio DJ growing up. Um, and then I found punk rock and it just uh, summed up what I feared about the radio business, even college radio. And after a few life, lefflin, life lessons, holy schmackaroni, it turns out that Lagwagon was dead right. Um, how about you, bud? How did you come across Lagwagon? Yeah, I definitely remember them being on lots of uh, comps. I, I recall specifically saying, whoa, this is like, it's a different brand of punk. You know, I want to say it was the song Sleep. I think that was the first. Um, and then I went and purchased uh, that uh, this album that we're going to be talking about in Double Platinum uh, right away. Um, you know, listen, they have some classical 90s West Coast shiny elements, but the depth that Joey Cape uh, provides in the lyrics. I mean, you're not going to find quality like this in all genres of music. I'm just saying that out right now, people. Um, I, I also remember distinctively that his... Um, thinking how smooth his voice was and very pleasing to the ear. So yeah, man, I'm amped. I'm excited. And I, I tell you what, this top 10 that we have too of our personal favorite lag wagon songs was near next to impossible to come up with. So mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be really, really fun and maybe emotional to talk about. So Mark, why don't you give everyone a quick history lesson on lag wagon and how we got to the album we're going to be chit chatting about today. Absolutely. Uh, one of the most profound Southern Cal. Uh, Southern California skate punk bands ever, uh, originally called Section 8, uh, as apparently many, many bands back then were. Lagwagon changed their name uh, to what we uh, now know 
based on uh, the song that they wrote, which appears on the first album, um, about their unreliable van of the same name. Um, at the recommendation of Fat Records' Fat Mike, while working on the, the debut album, Duh, uh, after the successful release of their second album, Trash, the band uh, was made a handful of offers to go major label, but turned them down. Haas was released on November 21st, 1995 by Fat Records and produced by Ryan Green. The record uh, is the last with original lineup, which features Joey Cape, a.k.a. The Caper on vocals, Chris Flippin on guitar, Jesse Bougoulion on bass, and uh, is the last Lagwagon album, last Lagwagon album, Cheapers, Peepers, My Tongue is Tied, to feature drummer Derek, I'm going to screw this last name, Plowder. I got that pretty close. Yeah. Um, before his departure in 1996 and subsequent death in 2005, and guitarist uh, Sean Dewey before his departure in 1997. Don't want to do it, Dewey. And real quick, I, I went off camera because when I picked up the drink, the coaster fell on the keyboard, therefore oh, no. hitting the stop video. Um, but now I am back. So that's that's why that happened. All right, cool. Cool. Gentlemen, <laughs> Frank's first night drinking whiskey. There you go. On camera with us. On camera with us. So we're gonna jump right into the album. The- let's shovel. Let's get our shovels, man. Let's dig into it, Mark. Absolutely. You loved writing that line, didn't you? <laughs> yes. I- <laughs> Because I got very aggressive right there that I had to say it before you yeah. kind of skipped over. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, track one, Kids Don't Like to Share. Uh, great track, but the opening is a bit odd if you don't have the volume up, uh, as it can appear to have like a like a 30-second delay before yeah. uh, Joey comes in uh, and kicks off the song. The album starts with uh, what I believe are essentially chords being strummed on the bass guitar. Is that correct, Frank? Yes, that is correct. It sets this nice little uh, somber tone uh, for the album because this is comparatively compared to Doe and Trash. Uh, it's certainly a less silly record than those are. Yes. Um, and this, these opening notes really do kind of uh, give you that feeling. But like I said, you have to have that volume up because I know the first time I went, when, I, when Frank and I decided we were going to do this, I put it on and I was like, what is this like 20 second intro? And I, I just didn't have it up loud enough. So I started it over. I turned it way up and I remembered, oh, that's right. There are those chords there. Yeah. Um, with that said, this song totally rules. Um, um, it, it's chock full of like cool parts and the caper does a great job of giving you enough lines to keep you just glued to the speaker to hear what he's going to say next. I, I really love this song. Yeah. Right off the bat, you know, you see how uh, Cape's writing abilities have blossomed over the past two records. And that's not to say that there was, it was, um, inferior over the past two records at all uh, you, get, you get i what i got out of this was lots of cool uh, religious undertones here and super descriptive and in, in this universal way that he puts the words and honestly you could you could apply it to so many facets of life which is just genius um i mean the vocabulary used is so perfectly placed and to me it makes a song like this very memorable so it's nice fast short and punchy so great great opening track mm-hmm. uh, next we got violence um i mean that this is a staple song for the band I, you know i think we could both agree on that violence another way to say violence uh this is one of those songs where when i was younger it hit me on just how important good lyrics are and i'll just say a couple too that are my favorite i wake with your replacement a bottle in my grasp in an unfamiliar place because you put me out the butt of us a joke sick joke excuse me into this ashtray life as you come and go because i forgot to service you and we broke down 
and you can't live with my mistakes. I mean, it's fantastic. The music itself with regards to progressions, isn't anything we haven't heard for heard of before in so many songs, but when you layer it with lyrics like this and a catchy melody, man, it becomes a classic. Uh, It's just an amazing song, Mark. Yeah, I I totally agree. This is the first song of which uh, on this record where Joey pulls a little trick up, which makes it feel like he's morphing one word into another. Um, It's really cool. really keeps the listener engaged and it makes singing along uh, that much more fun. Uh, Track three is name dropping. Here we have the band exploring the world of uh, gossip and how it uh, can mislabel and mischaracterize people. Seemingly all the people who are name dropped are in the band or connected to the band in some way. Um, We get these uh, amazing lines. Uh, I was really smart enough to dodge the careless words. You find them everywhere. It breaks you into two. I mean, just fucking killer lyrics, man. Yeah. Yeah. Another fun, fast punk tune. Uh, I mean, the name name dropping is well served as the caper is dropping lots of people again that he knows and is in his universe in the song. Uh, not much else to say other than uh, I like it and I even like it very much after positioned uh, after violence, too. So I yeah. think it's really cool. Track four, we get Bombs Away. Uh, this is one of those songs where I remember listening to it when I was younger and being like, oh, okay, cool, but but let me get a couple tracks down to sleep because that's what I wanted to. But when you just listen to it uh, and and pick up on its structure, it's a really, really enjoyable tune. Mark, what would you think of Bombs Away? Yeah, I really dig this tune. It, it's got really fast parts and really cool changes and some, of the, and, and some great harmonies. Um, I think we're talking about uh, Truth Bombs here, um, buddy. As it would appear, he'd be talking to a, a young lady who's uh, complicated about, uh, or excuse me, complaining about her life yeah. uh, and the process thereof. It, it's really cool. And again, we're doing the bombs away into bombs await um, yes. and, and how he's delivering those lyrics. It's really cool. Um, you know, and musically, uh, you know, I know a lot of people will classify this as just, you know, 90s SoCal skate punk. Um, but it's so tight. The, the riffs are so clean. Oh. Uh, it's just awesome. Yeah. So uh, with that said, the next track is yep. Move Bar. Maybe I will. I would love to know who or what the song is about. <laughs> Clearly a complex situation. Uh, if you check out those lyrics, uh, we get some really cool bass parts here from Jason, uh, Jesse Buglion. Um, and the band as a whole does an amazing job with this unique offer them uh, interlude between the verses and choruses. It's a, it's a really cool track. I, I kind of love this song. Yeah, you know, I never really appreciated this one until I heard the version from the uh, first acoustic Joey Cape and Tony Sly uh, volume one. It, it added a whole new element for me, and that led me to appreciating this tune and this the original recording of this. I mean, how often do you hear bowling race car driver superficial hitman in a song? I mean, you just, you just don't hear that every day. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really cool, really cool. Now we get sleep. Mark, I feel like this is another staple song for the wagon. Uh, I mean, you get this clean chord strumming and the verses, and it instantly hooks you. Uh, And then it builds with distortion, and the chorus gets fast and punchy uh, and punky, too. Uh, Very cool, man. And the lyrics, I mean, they're fun, and they're catchy. It's a a really good song. What about you? Yeah, very um, smart version of the classic uh, I'm Sick of Being on Tour song, Yeah, um, (laughs) complete with a fantasy of what he'll do when he gets home. Um, I'm sure this was written in a sleepless night in the van, but, um, you know, very, very much a staple of the times that you would have a song like this, um, but so well done, so well delivered. Um, it, it's a great track. 
Uh, track seven is sick. Uh, musically, we get Lagwagon doing everything they do so fucking well. Big chords um, that sway you and move you. Fast punchy parts that keep your legs tapping and cutting lyrics that leave you uh, feeling kind of exposed. Uh, it's absolutely stunning from the uh, depiction of being trapped in a closet to the uh, praise of medication uh, until it takes over your life and your identity. Just absolutely stunning. Man, oh man, oh man. I mean, listen, this is one of my faves, you know, and stay tuned to see if it makes my top 10. It does. Uh, I can't even begin to stress on how well <laughs> the lyrics are here. I mean, I'm ashamed to mention my English, but silence lies empty. Those three words, silence lies empty. <sighs> Incredible. Do yourself a favor and put on the live and the dive version where at the end they will, uh, they all join in uh, to sing those lyrics. Uh, I mean, that's something special right there in music when that happens. Um, and what we have here is someone being sick of being sick. Uh, Cape touches on all those elements here from narcissism, narcissism, self-loathing, psychosomatic and anguish. Uh, I mean, again, another lyric starting with a life cried wolf just shows the desperation this person is feeling brilliant absolutely brilliant yep. um now we have rifle uh, we get this the strumming style made famous again by those uh west coast 90s punk bands and the heavy elements that bring us back kind of to the first two records where there were some signs of metal influence um simple lyrics but are they right at first you might think but the placement of things like rifle born wrong born right again powerful the placement is is brilliant mark yeah, Frank really nailed it. On the outside, this is just a fast punk tune with some simple angry lyrics. But if you take the time to see what he's angry about, you'll see this isn't about a, a dude being pissed off at another dude. Uh, right. But it's tune about looking inward and rifling through one's uh, self to understand who he is despite what others think. Or at least that's what I got out of it. I mean, sure. uh, certainly it's up to interpretation. Uh, I was also under the impression for a very long time that the line was rifle, right for, right for me. Um, but I couldn't find any uh, lyric websites that would support that. Um, so he's just singing rifle, 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 um, me. Um, but still, take a listen to it. Really interesting the way he uses pronunciation um, to pull the listener in uh, and using a word like rifle and what we associate that to mean. I mean, the, the song totally rips. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, track nine is weak uh weak with an a so we're not talking about uh weak on a calendar we're talking about a strength uh nothing about this track is weak uh it's aggressive and punchy it totally kicks ass this one uh this is a classic to me frank more yeah. of those uh awesome introspective lyrics that just make Lagwagon uh, an absolute treasure yeah i mean another prime example of how capes lyrics really can be applied to a variety of, of situations in life. You take something again, like the term weak and wrap it around all the characteristics of how the word makes someone feel or experience based on what they're going for or going through. And to me, man, that's what makes it memorable. Uh, musically, it's super fast. And I like how in the middle of the record, the songs actually get more aggressive and faster. That's, that's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like that, especially these last three, one right after another is, is great. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Black Eyes. Uh, this is another one of those songs where I would just love to see this at inception and see really what it was truly about. I mean, the music uh, is fitting for the album. I, I wouldn't say it's one of my faves, but the descriptive lyrics like this, how can you not want to be intrigued to know what this is about? Yeah, I think this is another example of the caper being just self-deprecating and trying to understand who he is. 
Um, you know, lyrics like, I should have known him that heathens me. You know, if you're not looking for it with a song, um, it'll come and go and, and you'll move on and, and never notice how cool it was. But if you really break this song down and look at what he's doing lyrically, uh, it's just such a much deeper uh, and profound song than I think most people would uh, have guessed. Really, really cool song. Uh, track 11 is Bro Department, uh, Fast and Punchy. Um, you know, it is kind of cool, Frank. You mentioned how these the, the back half of this album doesn't slow down at all. <laughs> yeah. The album really never slows down at all. It, it It's not blazing fast out of the gate, but it picks up speed and um, short of a few interludes, never really slows down. You know, lyrically, uh, back to Bro Department anyways, um, back to a similar content as Black Eye and Week. Um, they work with this album, but being 14 tracks, it's not surprising me that we're getting some of the same uh, tracks repeated here, or some of the same themes, excuse me, uh, from song to song. And, and it sounds like Joey was really trying to work through some stuff on this record. So uh, I definitely dig Bro Department. Yeah, same here. And, and not much else to say other, I mean, because I'm going to piggyback on you know what you said too. Um, a lot of same themes repeating here. And I like it. It's a very catchy, very, very catchy tune. Um, next we have Razor Burn, which is another highlight for me. Uh, I, I love Razor Burn as a theme for facial hair grown after a breakup. I mean, that's that's very, very smart. You get Don Juan in Italy, Mountain Man, dressing like dressing in black like Johnny Cash, uh, Sherry Lynn Finn from uh, the actress from the show Twin Peaks, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Uh, the song is just super fun, man. Cool theme. Yeah, Frank nailed it. Uh, plus, I'll add one of my favorite lyrics anywhere appears in this song. Look like a wise man, but I'm an idiot. Idiot. Oh, um, so good. So good. I love the use of uh, come all ye faithful right at the end um, as just kind of a break before the the final uh, outro. It, it's really cool. It's a much smarter song uh, about dealing with breaking up uh, and relationships ending than I think people want to give it credit for. And I certainly think as far as like Lagwagon classics go, it's easily on the list. Um, 13, shaving your head. Uh, so for not shaving your face to shaving your head, uh, I'd love to know uh, what Joey's uh, inspiration for this song is. Uh, it appears to be an interpersonal relationship with someone who is uh, trans transforming into someone or something uh, they used to mock and dealing with the fact that that person has changed. Um, there's a ton of ways you could read into this. So I'm not going to try to overly think it or, or try to explain any of them more because I genuinely don't know. Um, and let, let Joey's lyrics stand for their own, because if you check this song out, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be redundant here, but it's another fast, catchy punk tune that serves its purpose and, and great lyrics. And again, it's universal in what he's saying. You could take it and apply it to, to many facets in life or what people are going through. Um, yeah. Track 14, Ride the Snake, a little different here with the ending for uh, as far as the pace goes. It's almost got a 90s alt vibe. Uh, we get some phaser effects on the guitar, which is cool. You know, I think it's a great way to end an album like this. What, what about you, Mark? Yeah, I dig that the whole track has kind of that mid-tempo alt sound to it. Uh, lyrically, we're getting more interpersonal relationship work out of the caper, uh, and it's stunning. Uh, it makes you wonder uh, what is going on in his head, um, or at least in his notebook, because... Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic yeah that um we, we kind of blazed right through it there frank why don't we uh talk about our final thoughts sure then about maybe Haas. yeah about blaze or Haas? <laughs> about Haas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. so listen what else can i say about this album i mean it holds a lot of dear memories for me where i would just play this loud in the car and, and get absolutely lost in it 
I think it's a piece in the Lagwagon discography where it, it moves them to a bonafide band. Uh, I also consider them one of these universal acts that can appeal to so many. I mean, tracks like Violins, Sleep, Sick, Rifle, Weak, and more display the fascinating and introspective songwriting for punk in the 90s, where the only other band that I could say this for in my opinion, and there could be others out there, is is Bad Religion, where it was like that. Uh, Cape does really an amazing job of taking these words and centering them around the uh, universe of feelings. Uh, it's emotional in the sense where it leaves you exposed, but you have no choice to take a look inside, and, and that I think is great. Uh, the music, listen, it's fast, tight, catchy melodies. The vocals, they're used so wisely. And it's not harsh or rough or that someone's like screaming. Um, there's a richness here. And I personally don't um, feel that there's a bad lag wagon album in the bunch. And this is definitely on the higher tier. So for me, I would, I would give this like a nine out of 10. So. Very nice. Uh, you know, I, I adore this record as well uh, as their third album. We hear them get away from some of that fun kind of jokey songs that people kind of got used to uh, from them. Um, and we get more of a deeply personal and introspective album. Um, no one in 1995, I think, saw coming at all. Um, it's punchy when it needs to be. Uh, the harmonies push the boundaries of the genre. Uh, we wouldn't have gotten this uh, record if they had gone to a major label because there's, there's not a hit here. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, they didn't give a fuck about writing music for the radio and it pays off because you get uh, essentially a flawless record out of them with this one. Um, you know, it's just, it's brutally honest. Um, and it's, it stood this test of time and it feels as fresh today as it did uh, when you and I picked it up, Frank, in the early two thousands. Um, and I, and I just adore it. Why don't yeah. we, um, I, I also, by the way, I'm going to give this a nine out of 10. Um, as I think a few of the, the Lagwagon albums will rank for me that high, if not a little higher. Um, why don't we jump into our top 10, my man? You want to tell the folks what we're doing? Whew. All right, man. I'm going to be, uh, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. So we're going to do our top 10 Lagwagon songs. And I'm going to be brutally honest and say that this is one of the toughest and most challenging top 10 lists to come up with because I adore so many Lagwagon songs, so many. And I'm still not even 100% certain on this list. Uh, so you ask me next week or two weeks from now, it's going to be completely different. Uh, but I think me and Mark did a good job here. Um, should I start, Mark, or did you want to start? Uh, you know, this is a tough one for sure. I made sure to pick different songs than you did. Uh, just, But the fact that we're not naming every song should be seen as a small gift from us. Because Lagwagon totally fucking rules. Uh, oh. I'm also going to skip the Haas uh, since we just covered the album. Um, I'm, I'm not picking anything from that uh, because I, I do love that whole fucking record anyways. Yeah. Um, but why don't you kick us off? All righty, here we go. So number 10 is the song Failure from Double mm. Platinum. Um, I think it was on a warp Tour like 98 or 99 comp I bought somewhere. Uh, the song has a lot of that. Um Fuzzy sounding guitars, actually with Ken Stringfellow from the Posies playing, which is pretty interesting that he was on one of their albums. It's not the fastest song, but it's impactful lyrics. Like, I can never be the one, just a shareholder of lies. I put you to bed. Uh, then at the end, we get, I always knew how to fail you. Man, I mean, just freaking awesome. So failure, that's my number 10. What about yours, Mark? Number 10 for me is Cog in the Machine off of Hank. Um, I love the, the metal-esque guitar work here as well as uh, the caper's use of uh, David and Goliath as a metaphor for the cog in the machine, uh, which represents capitalism to a certain extent, but um, also just the struggle of survival. Um, really cool. 
Uh, and like I said, I, I like that they got back to a little bit of that metal root uh, with the guitar work. Yeah, totally. Uh, number nine for me is Parents Guide to Living from Duh. Um, this is, you know, their early sound at its finest. It crosses that metal punk of uh road where it's very riffy uh i watched a, an interview with the cape and he says he loves metal uh just as much and he never really viewed Lagwagon uh, as a bunk band but uh, that isn't up to them uh when they're given kind of that label uh and he said it shouldn't matter as long as you just make music which i totally agree um when you're young this hits home about you kind of just being young and doing nothing in your life uh, it's a really solid tune so i i love this track from the first record yeah absolutely uh, my number pick or my number nine pick is No Little Pill uh, oh, from I think my older brother used to listen to Lagwagon. Uh, man, this song feels so relevant right now. Lagwagon isn't typically known for being political. And I don't know that this is a political song per se, um, but they certainly address some issues that are affecting us now. And of course, the idea that there isn't a pill or a fix for the world uh, that you can just take um, and that the world is what the world is, you know, and life is what life is. It's a, it's a heavy track. It is. It is. Great, great tune. Um, number eight for me is Fan Fiction from the newest album, Railer. Uh, the latest album grows on me more and more. I, I listen to it. Nice, big, and full sound. Cape opens up lyrics with relating the subject matter to the things in the universe, uh, such as white and uh, black dwarfs. Um, and, and then he says, you could pave your Abbey Road again. A great lyrical content here. It could be one of those things, even similar to what you were referring to um, with, you know, in the world and kind of this is the situation and you're dealing with it um but really really cool tune check it out fan fiction from railer nice uh number seven for me tragic vision from duh uh the opening track actually from duh uh tragic vision has a ton of that old school kind of metal sound but also has its own skate punk drive and energy uh look in 92 he was telling us uh tv is not reality uh, perhaps musically, it sounds like it's from the 90s. But as far as the content goes, I mean, this song is is so fucking now. First song, first album coming off yeah. right out of the gates with this. TV is not reality. T, oh, so good. So good. And 92 it, wasn't reality TV yet. So that is true. Totally. And um, I think on the volume two of Cape and Sly, or no, maybe volume one. I, I don't know right now, but I think there's a just a piano version of this song and it's really good. Um, so number seven, I did add a song from Haas and I said it earlier, Sick. We talked about it earlier. It's it's awesome. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> nice. I uh, I had skipped uh, Know It All mm. uh, from Trash. I don't, I don't my, my brain. Um, I know I mentioned this song earlier. It's one of the songs that made me fall in love with the band. Um, there aren't story, excuse me, these aren't storytelling songs, uh, but feel more of kind of stream of consciousness as the caper works through uh, his frustration and hooks you with these just amazing lyrics about everyday ideas you feel. You should be able to write these, but you, you could never write these songs. Um, it, it's just really interesting uh, how they're able to uh, pull something apart like, like two assholes on the internet with a podcast uh, telling you their opinion and how they know it all. I mean, it's, it's pretty smart. It is. Oh, brilliant. Great tune. Great tune. Yeah. Um, number six is like a, it's, it's a hidden track. Uh, I, I think uh, at least it was on the CD when I, when I got it. Uh, the chemist from resolve. Um, mm -hmm. It's a hidden acoustic track and there's a live version too on the live and the dive. 
I mean, these lyrics cut you right to the core, placed to, uh, towards the end of this album. Uh, with this whole record being about their drummer, Derek, who committed suicide, uh, to me, this song really captures the struggles that he faced, and it, it's beautiful. Don't listen to it at night, though. It'll, it'll mess with you, but, man, it's it's a great tune. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of ones that'll make you cry, uh, Messengers. Uh, let's talk about feelings. Um, I fell in love with this song on the Live and the Dive album. Uh, but the studio version uh, doesn't slouch by any means. We get this rocking number about sorting out your thoughts and trying to understand who to listen to, introspective uh, and rocking as fuck. Uh, I absolutely love Messengers. So good. So good. All right. Next, I have, um, where am I at? Here we go. Coffee and Cigarettes. And this is actually it, both versions, uh, the trash then live in a dive. Um, I'm actually, I lean towards the live album or the live version. And I'll tell you why. Um, because Cape's voice, it's more mature here and it's a little aged. It's a little faster live. And he changed up the lyrics in such a small way, uh, but so subtle and it, it's so genius. So the album version has the lyric, always a question of truth, your truce. They question my efficiency, impact the words you can hear, shocking the words I can't write. Now, that's amazing with no modifications at all. But with the live version, it's always a question of truth, your truth. They question my efficiency, so uh, shocking the words you can't hear, impact the words I can't write. He just changed those two words up. Ooh. I mean, game yeah. over. Game freaking over. I mean, efficiency uh, and impact, he, he flipped them. Genius, genius. So coffee and cigarettes, um, incredible, incredible, both versions. Yeah, seriously, the, the top five from both of us are literally just <laughs> all insane. Uh, my number five is Choke off Double oh. yeah, This is the album I, I truly fell in love with Lagwagon, and, and Choke is one of the reasons uh, why it's, it, you know, it's blisteringly fast. It's brutally honest. Um, be careful the words you choose, you know, because you'll choke on them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. such a damn good tune, man. Such a good tune. Next for me is Live It Down, which is, I think, my old older brother used to listen to Lagwagon. Uh, the EP rips, by the way. Uh, and this song builds gradually with emotion. Again, just listen to these descriptive lyrics. The plan is lost, and all I need to line my bed with handkerchiefs, uh, to obey uh, my fatigue, to build a case for true love lost, and lives a race to live guilt-free in a foretold destiny. He found a hill where he stakes his claim and he'll build a house where he'll moder his children. I mean, this could be interpreted in many ways, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm taking it as showing how feeble, you know, just we are as humans and the resources we suck up. That's just my take. Uh, again, regardless, I love how it builds. This song could be about anything with lyrical placement like that. Um, and it's just amazing with the climax at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number four for me is Dancing the Collapse from oh, Blaze. I love the song. I really, you, you can't say enough good things about Blaze. That album totally rips. Dancing the Collapse is just a killer number. It can be a little hard to define, but it's it's reactionary. Um, certainly to 9-11, to he, he brings in some references there. Yeah. You know, where have all the honor students gone, Frank? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, when we saw him live too, I think it was during the Blaze tour, right? So they yeah. got we got to hear a lot of this stuff, which mm -hmm. was which was really cool. Um, number three for me, it's an obvious choice because it's another popular tune. But May sixteenth from Let's Talk About Feelings, um, popular tune for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, 
you know, if I needed someone who had never heard of Lagwagon before to listen to one song, this may be it or, or violence. I, you know, one of those two, uh, Cape said it's about being invited to a close friend's wedding and in typical Cape lyrics, man, he hits a home run. Um, and the acoustic version is great too. Um, so May 16th, man. Yep. Uh, number three for me, also from blaze. I must be hateful. I love that song. <laughs> I know these, these are the lyrics I wish I could write, man. Uh, I know I've felt, uh, these lyrics in my heart before, certainly, and, and reading them uh, back, I, I understand my feelings so much better now. It's one of those, like, he, like so therapeutic in that way. Yeah, it's therapy. Uh, not that I was right or the person not giving me time was wrong, but I, I can feel those moments more clearly um, because I have these, uh, these lyrics to use as a tool to understand myself that much better, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, I got yeah. you, man. Yeah, it, it's just a really great way to to look inwardly and and to consider yourself what, what you know what what your role in your situations had been. And it's really I I must be hateful is is it's just so uh, good. And I think there's another I think there's another slower version on the Cape Sly records too on on that one. Um, you know, uh, as you were saying that, it it made me think of how. Uh, introspective they are and they're really just a self-aware band and and they make you do the same because where do things start right they start with yourself then you kind of go from there um and uh it's just they're just brilliant and every song kind of does that um man we're getting some tough stuff here but number two for me sad astronaut uh from resolve man uh it's such a personally deep album about the suicide of the former drummer uh they were in a band called bad astronaut which i also suggest checking out and this song is sad to the bone i mean paints a picture so perfectly of the moments before someone does that um it's hard enough to put into words and cape does it uh he says in the in my mind's eye i am there embracing you so i'm so scared i mean if i read a more it's just going to start choking me up i mean this song is absolutely amazing mark yeah. Um, yeah, I just agree with that so much. Uh, number two for me, Frank, is uh, making friends off of double platinum. Oh, that's this, this song sounds like me struggling with my own interpersonal relationships so perfectly. It feels like the caper stole them out of my brain. Um, it's sad and cocky at the right time, uh, righteous and indignant. Uh, you know what? It's it, it's much like I'm sure uh, he would tell you it's flawed and perfect at the same time. He probably would leave the perfect part out, um, but I, I can't help but look at it and go, oh, my God, I needed this song um, so much. I, I just absolutely adore it. Oh, love it. I mean, all right. So no, number one and you know, honorable mentions, uh, Billionaire, uh, Making Friends also to Give It Back, which is another one, uh, Wind in Your Sail, uh, Made of Broken Parts. Again, just to name a few. We could do this all night. Yeah, we could do it all night. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, all right. This is a tough one. So number one is obsolete, absolute from Hank. I know. And of course, I do this to myself. But this song just mm-hmm. takes out everything in your soul that you've ever thought about with regards to life, where we're going, uh, where we've been, where we will go, and just messes with you, right? It, it has these spoken words and then picks up in classic lag wagon form and style. Um, but check this out. And this is the spoken word part where it goes, it is inevitable. He becomes obsolete because the things that define him become obsolete. These things are part of who he is, and now they are irrelevant. And then he names the irrelevant things like typewriters, cursive handwriting, dictionaries, encyclopedias, landlines, operators, pay phones, mail, conversation, touch, sympathy, empathy, love, privacy. I mean, listen, he's laying, 
Yeah, he's laying it all out here, um, especially these things that have expiration dates, uh, machines, living uh, features, languages. Again, I don't want to bring out um, my fears and insecurities right now, but man, this song is as powerful as powerful gets. And then at the end when he's like, uh, mom and papa save me, whew, that, get, that gets me right here, man. Gets me right here. Uh, everywhere yeah. i just point it to wherever but it gets me everywhere uh the yeah. acoustic version is great too on the one week record and um that's my number one nice yeah look this could easily have turned into another fugazi spot <laughs> where frank and i go into therapy that's why we just picked a fun record to i feel do. like we're bordering that i feel like we're getting into like some you know opening some doors here <laughs> yeah so so for me um my number one pick off resolve is heartbreak music oh, uh, i love this song Holy shit, does that song just rule? Um, could you imagine the thing you created artistically reminding you every day of your greatest loss? And uh, or, it, powerful is is just a, an, an understatement. This song is really just beautiful um, while still remaining the, the heart and soul of what the band stood for. Um, when you think about what Resolve stood for as an album, this song just encapsulates it, encapsulates it, excuse me, so well. Um, the, the sorrow that they clearly felt putting this record together, the, the pain of loss, it, it, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful tragedy. I think it's yeah. the best way to describe it. Yeah. Oh. What a great list, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Oh, man. So to prevent us from uh, going into therapy right here on this episode. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, we're we're going to let's chat about next week's episode. Uh, Mark, I, I yap quite often about Dire Straits and how mm -hmm. uh, Mark Knopfler is one of my favorite uh, guitar players. Mm -hmm. So we're going back to 78. We're going to look at the very first debut album, uh, or the very first album, the debut album from Dire Straits. Mark, are you ready for this? Is this the one called Dire Straits? Yes, sir. Nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark's ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sultan's a swing, baby. So we're going to get into that, kind of talk yeah. about it. Uh, you know, again, I like them a lot, uh, but is this my favorite record from them? We're going to see what I think. And we're going to see what Mark thinks too. So mm -hmm. thank you again, everyone, for listening. Like, subscribe, suggest a record for us to review. Um, thank you again, everyone. And please stay safe out there. Bye-bye. Uh, you did it. <laughs>